This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 473, Comic Reviews of the Week of Wednesday, April the 26th. Welcome to the Comic Shenanigans Podcast. This is episode 473, looking at comic releases from the week of Wednesday, April 26th. I'm your host, Adam Chapman. Every week we take a look at some of the highlighted releases from the week before and uh, a bit of a rundown of some of the uh, good, bad, and ugly titles before talking about uh, what to look forward to in the coming week. Um, I record this on Thursday, the May 4th, so I just got back from vacation last Saturday and didn't have a chance to read a lot of comics, but tried to get some read so I could do this episode. Um, before I get a chance to talk about some of the books, some of the releases I did not get a chance to read, but one of the highlights some selected releases include new issues of Batgirl, the launch of Batman Shadow, uh, you got the Big Moose one-shot uh, from Archie Comics, you got uh, new issues of Black Panther, Blue Beetle, Darth Maul, uh, Detective Comics, Doom Patrol, Elektra, Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps, Hulk, Infamous Iron Man, Justice League of America, uh, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur, Occupy Avengers, Suicide Squad, Teen Titans, uh, that's already on issue 7? I must be behind. Uh, Thanos, Commandy Challenge, Mighty Captain Marvel, Ultimates 2, Weapon X, and Wonder Woman. Um, so with all that being said, what did I get a chance to read? Well, that's a great question. Uh, first up, I got a chance to read Action Comics 978, which I did enjoy. Um, there's kind of two main storylines going on here. Uh, the biggest one, obviously, is uh, finding out about the rebirth or what happened after Superman Reborn, I should say. It's called The New World Part 2 by Dan Jurgens and Carlo Barberi. I really liked Carlo Barberi's art. Um, here we get a sense of what happened. Um, what in Superman's canon occurred uh, with some interesting omissions. I mean, we see a lot of classic characters, a lot of kind of homages to current storylines that happened, including uh, Superman being exiled, um, Electric Blue Superman, like a bunch of things did happen. We see how Superman proposed. You see how he revealed his identity to Lois Lane, which is uh, reminiscent of how he actually did it in the pre-New 52 uh, Flashpoint universe or pre-Flashpoint universe. Uh, we get a glimpse of um, a mysterious being gathering um, enemies of Superman, including you know the, the newest version of the Eradicator that we've seen. Uh, we get to see how Superman died against Doomsday. Uh, interestingly enough, it looks like we see the Eradicator steal and cyborg Superman, but not necessarily uh, Superboy, which is a weird in- exclusion, so I guess he didn't occur. Um, so i kind of sad about Connell, but whatever. Uh, also looks like uh, Jonathan and Martha are both dead, which I can't remember. But I'm pretty sure pre-Flashpoint, um, uh, Jonathan had died in a Jeff Johns written story, but Martha was still alive, so now she's there dead. Um, we have to see a little bit of a glimpse of how the pregnancy occurred and why Superman was wearing his black costume. It's kind of weird, because, um, again, they're folding in the events that happened to these two different Supermen into one. It's one of those things where you just kind of have to be okay with it and not think about it. And if you think about it, it's just going to bug you more. Like the newest version of Hank Henshaw here. Now that we know that Cyborg Superman, the classic version does exist, and not just the newest version, which was, I guess, Supergirl's dad. But then we have this version of Henshaw here who's gathering the Superman Revenge Squad. Like, I I like what Dan Jurgens is doing. I like the art here. It's just confusing because of the way DC's decided to do this. Like, it was one thing when we had the Convergence Worlds and everything kind of made sense. And then they're like, well, we're not going to do that anymore. We're going to do this. And now we're going to meld everything together. And it's just kind of, it's this weird hodgepodge. And I I want to enjoy it because I want to be able to enjoy the classic, you know, for the most part, classic continuity is back. But they're not, like, throwing out the continuity of the last few years. And then just this weird merging of the two. And it's just really weird. 
next up is Ben Riley, Scarlet Spider. Uh, this is issue number one with Peter David and Mark Bagley. And this is an odd book. I mean, first of all, gorgeous art. I love the art by, um, by Mark Bagley. Although at times it almost makes the characters look a little too thin uh, or a little too young, but uh, for the most part it was, it's, 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 it's well illustrated. Uh, the story is good, but I just I don't know what this is. Like I like Peter David's writing, and I like the idea that you know Ben Riley is doing something else now, but I don't really get it because like who is Ben Riley? Like who? And I guess that's what the hopefully this first arc will end up answering that question because so far I don't know who that is. Uh, this isn't the Ben Riley I ever expected to see, but I don't. I, don't, I just don't know what this is, um, which is fine. Um, it, you know, it, it needs to establish itself and establish an identity, and I'm hoping that I will enjoy it once it figures out what it is. It's not badly written and it's not badly illustrated. It's just an odd book, and I'm not sure if I even like the protagonist and or how Kane's being written. Like, I think I just need to give it more time and. I like the character enough that I'm going to give it more time than I might give other things, uh, which is a little unfair because I'm giving it a benefit of the doubt that maybe it hasn't deserved or earned. But uh, I will—I just I want to see what this where this goes and what it does. It's interesting to have a hero based in Las Vegas. I mean, I like that they keep trying to put heroes in different places. I mean, Scarlet Spider was in Houston, for God's sakes. Um, so I'm interested. Seven and a half. Actually, I'm going to give seven and a half out to the first two books we've talked about this week. I don't think I actually give a rating for Action Comics. Uh, next up is Old Man Logan, issue number 22, Past Lives, part two of four, by Jeff Lemire and Eric Nguyen. Or Nguyen. Um, I like this. Uh, it's very, like... It very... If, okay, here's the thing. I'm enjoying it. But it doesn't do anything. Like, there's nothing really happening in this story. Um, there's no real forward momentum. It's Wolverine falls through time. That's it. It could literally be one issue and a few panels. Like, it doesn't need to be a four-part arc. Um, you know, the first part was... Now, I... And I I reject her. I'm upset that they're saying that old, uh, Logan was around 1812. I thought his birthday was supposed to be a lot later than that. I feel like it was only in the movies that they kind of made it seem even older, but I thought he was supposed to be born in the late 1800s. I could be completely wrong, but that's what I thought. Because, I mean, in 1812, they, I'm pretty sure that can, you know Canada didn't... If he's from Alberta, like I just, I just feel like the timeline's completely off, and it bugs me. But anyway... Uh, and I thought Jeff Lemire would have done a better work on that timeline because the fact that Logan's around in the 1812 just really doesn't sit well because I don't feel like that's right. Maybe, maybe I should do the research or maybe I'm wrong, but maybe he was around. But it just doesn't feel right because Origin has him in Alberta, and I'm pretty sure Alberta wasn't like settled at that point. I mean, I could be completely wrong about my own country, but I feel like you know Canada as was not it was Upper and Lower Canada at that point. Anyways, it's. I'm a Canadian and it bugs me. But seeing the kind of flashback here to Wolverine versus Wendigo and Hulk, and then Wolverine uh, later on with Dark Phoenix, and then further on uh, you have him fighting ninjas uh, in Japan, and then you have him waking up in, in Madripoor. It's kind of a cool little, you know, let's just jump through um, Wolverine's history, but it doesn't do anything. It doesn't add anything. Um, so I like it, but it was kind of a fun little jaunt through memory lane, but it doesn't add anything. It, there's no actual momentum. It almost feel, makes me feel like this entire arc is superfluous and doesn't need to happen. I'll give it a seven. I like the art. Um, it's just, it, it, it lacks something. Next up is The Flash. This is issue 21. Our work by Howard Porter, and it's written by Josh Williamson. Um, I like how it's written. It's just... It just feels so tonally different 
from Batman 21, which is the first part of the button. They're both entertaining in their own way, but feel like completely different stories. Um, because, like, the first chapter was... Well, first of all, I love Howard Porter, don't get me wrong, but there's something about the Christmas of Faybox art that that first issue of the button was just breathtaking in terms of its art, and it was a fast-paced action. Like, because literally fast-paced, because it was a Professor Zoom or Reverse Flash against Batman in the Batcave. Uh, it had great panel layouts, uh, you know, kind of a nine-panel grid that we were used to from Watchmen being used as well. It was just slam-bang, full of adrenaline. And then here, we slow things down, and now it's, you know, Wally doing an investigation. It's not Wally. Barry doing an investigation. Uh, him trying to make a decision. Him, you know, going to use the Cosmic Treadmill. Batman going with him. It's not bad in any way. And you definitely get to see glimpses of what's really going on in the multiverse and glimpses of a history that I don't remember. It's really interesting. It just feels completely separate. Like, there's just completely different tones uh, in the two storylines. Um, that being said, it's really well done. I'm enjoying it. Williamson does a great job. Uh, Porter's artwork is fantastic. There's nothing wrong with this book. It just the the first issue was just such a high bar, and it was just it was so totally different and so fast paced. Even though this one probably has more going on, uh, last issue was maybe more exciting. I'm still going to give it an eight. Um, it just it's just interesting to me how different they are. Next up is uh, X Men Blue. This is issue number two. I'm really digging this. Uh, it's by Colin Bond artwork by Jorge Molina. I love our, Molina's artwork. It's a great style. I love that we're getting a sense of how Magneto kind of teamed up with the original X-Men, what his game is, um, how Jean even thinks that she could trust him, uh, what uh, Magneto's you know true kind of plan is. I thought this was absolutely great. Um and I thought this was just fantastic. So I, I really dug this, and I am excited to see more. Uh, this is great. Like, fantastic. I thought it was just such a solid, solid issue. Next up is the other major X-Book, X-Men Gold. Uh, this one obviously has a lot of you know unintended controversy because of Artie and Seaf being removed from the book after the first issue. Uh, well, sorry, after the re- response to the first issue. He's already on, I believe, the first three issues because they were already sent to the printers. Uh, it's Back to the Basics, Part 2, written by Mark Guggenheim and our artwork by Artie and Seaf. Um... I, I liked this. I thought it was good. I thought Guggenheim t- tells a, a good story. I liked um, how Kitty Pride and uh, Captain America kind of had a bit of a conversation. I like how they're dealing with this new threat, um, this new brotherhood. Um, I'm excited to kind of see where we go from here. And, uh, yeah, I thought this was a really solid, solid read. I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. Uh, for some reason, I feel like Blue was a better book, but Gold was still good. And so far, the X-Books are... Are good. They're entertaining. Like I think that they're kind of hitting the mark. So that's uh, all the comics I actually got a chance to read uh, now that I'm back on vacation. But uh, looking at some of the highlighted releases from the week of May 3rd, um, so basically yesterday, uh, we have the launch of All New Gardens of the Galaxy, new issues of Aquaman uh, and Bullseye, we got a launch of Black, uh, Black Bolt, new issue of Champions, Cyborg, Deathstroke, Green Lanterns, uh, Hawkeye, Iron Fist, Jean Grey, that's the launch of issue number one, new issue of Jessica Jones, Justice League, Nightwing, uh, the launch of Noble, the first uh, title to come out of Catalyst Prime from Lion Forge Comics, that's going to be great, I haven't read it yet, but I'm excited for it, uh, the launch of Secret Empire, number one, um, we have the new issues of Spider-Man, Spider-Gwen, Spider-Man 2099, Spider-Man Deadpool, 
Holy crap, that's a lot of spider characters. New issue of Superman, Flintstones, Unstoppable Wasp, and, like I mentioned before, uh, X-Men Gold, issue three. I think issue two is delayed a week, I guess, and that's why you had uh, X-Men Gold and Blue coming out at the same time, and now you have Gold number three coming out the week after. Uh, So that has been our episode. You can email me at comicshenanigans at gmail.com, like the show on Facebook, rate and review us on iTunes, subscribe to us on iTunes. You can also listen to us on Stitcher. Uh, Next episode will be episode, what, I guess 474. Uh, That'll be an exciting episode as we talk about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. That'll be our nice movie review episode. Uh, the week after that, uh, it's either going to be—it's likely going to be actually. Now that I think about it, uh, our conversation with uh, Chuck Dixon and Graham Nolan, so the uh, character, sorry, the creators of the Bane character, who are now reuniting for Bane Conquest, a twelve-issue maxi series of which the first issue actually came out, and I. I guess it came out last week, and I don't know why I didn't talk about it on this. Uh, no, you know what? It didn't. It came out on May 3rd, so I was like, why haven't I talked about this? I know I read it. No, that came out yesterday. Great, great book. Um, I'm entertained by it and excited to talk with those creators and next week. So hopefully that episode will come out uh, sometime probably, I'm hoping, the 12th of the 13th. Um, the week after that, I believe we have a conversation with Erlen Schumer, who's a comics historian. Uh, so he'll be on the show. Week after that will likely be... Oof, I'm trying to remember what it was. Terrible memory. I believe that's our conversation with Alex Saviak. Um, actually, it's funny. I had our first part of our conversation like two months ago, but we've had so much going on, uh, both of us, uh, with his schedule and with mine, that we haven't had a chance to connect for the second part of that episode. But uh, so we can actually uh, debut it as a as a full uh, a full interview. Uh, I think the first half is already like an hour and a half, so it's going to be a long one when it finally debuts. Um, and the week after that, I, I think that gets us pushed uh, almost to the release of Wonder Woman, I believe. Um, then we'll have a, an episode looking at the Wonder Woman movie. After that, we should have a conversation with um, uh, Chip Zdarsky. That'll be, I guess, June 9th. June 16th, we'll have a conversation with Brian Wood. So there's some great stuff coming out over the course of the next month and a half. So thanks again for joining me for this episode, and we will catch you next time on Comic Shenanigans. Thanks again. Bye-bye.